Welcome to the Dag Heward Mills podcast. Dag Heward Mills is a healing evangelist, a best-selling author, and a mega church pastor. He's the founder of the United Denominations, originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches, overseeing over 3,000 churches across every continent of the world. He pastors the First Love Church, a vibrant church in the city of Accra, transforming the lives of thousands of young people for the Lord. Now listen to Dag Heward Mills. All right, let's pray. Father, thank you for your blessing. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you, Lord, that you give us the strength every day. Thank you for your increase, Lord, in all that we do. Bless us, Lord, as we come before your holy word. We thank you in the name of Jesus. And everyone said amen. Amen. You may be seated. Well, I want us to turn to Psalm 73. Tonight, I just want to share a psalm with you. Yeah. And I believe you'll be blessed with a psalm. How many like psalms? Jesus quoted from the Psalms. And many of the things that happened in our Lord's life were fulfillment of things in the Psalms. So the Psalms are very, very important scriptures to us. Alright? So this is just a short message, but I believe it's good enough and it's going to bless us. Psalm 73. Alright? Surely... God is good to Israel and to those who are pure in heart. How many believe that surely God is good to us? Always remember that God is good to you. No matter what you experience, just say God is good. This is part of God's goodness to my life. Hallelujah. No matter how you feel and no matter what you go through, okay? So how many believe that God is good to us? We've been able to beat USA and the Czech Republic. And we are back home. Alright. But as for me, my feet came close to stumbling. Are you there? And my steps had almost slipped. Why? Verse 3. For I was envious of the arrogant. And I saw the prosperity of the wicked. Huh? Don't be envious of proud people. When you see a proud person seeming to do well, don't be jealous of them. All right? Okay? As I saw the prosperity of the wicked, for there are no pains in their death, and their body is fat. What does your version say? Huh? Their strength is firm. This one says that their body is fat. They are not in trouble as other men. Nor are they plagued like mankind. What does yours say? Okay. Okay. Therefore, pride is their necklace. And the garment of violence covers them. Are you listening? Now, this 
is often the cause of pride. When you don't seem to have problems like other people, pride becomes your necklace. So sometimes, in order for God to give you the highest blessings, he will give you something that worries you in this life. Are you listening? So, because when everything works well, you become so proud. Is it not true? And so, many of the troubles in our lives are actually blessings to make us humble. Now, if you look at Africa and you compare it with Europe, if you look at Africa, even when it comes to soccer, we seem to have so many problems. We cannot shoot the ball. We can pass the ball. Even any tackle that we make, the referee feels that as for a black man, he's a hard tackling person. So they are always giving us yellow card, yellow card, red card. Eh? Even our strikers were given yellow cards and red card. Oh, very sad. So, ladies and gentlemen, sometimes when everything goes well, you don't say, well, that is why in Europe today, less than 1% of them go to church. Huh? But I think I'm happy if all my problems in this world have brought me to Christ, then it is a blessing for my life. I'm very happy about it. I even want more of those troubles. I, I would not like to be rich and go to hell. Why, why, why should you go to hell? No. So, necklace of pride comes to those for whom everything is working out well for. Alright? Now, their eye bulges from fatness. Verse 7. And the imaginations of their heart run riot. They mock and wickedly speak of oppression and they speak from on high. They have set their mouth against the heavens and their tongue parades through the earth. Are you listening? This is the problem of success. And I want to tell you, when I was born years ago, my parents, my mother is a European and my father is a Ghanaian. But when I was born, I was brought here to be brought up here. And through being brought up here, I have found God. And I prefer to have my God than to have all the riches. The Bible says, what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his soul? No. Give me Africa any day and I'm going to serve my Jesus. Hallelujah. How many are being blessed? Alright. Now, they have set their mouth against the heavens in verse 9. 
How can you speak against God and against Christianity, against church, and against preaching? They've set their mouth against the heavens. They laugh at us for serving God. Verse 10. Therefore his people return to this place and waters of abundance are drunk by them. And they say, how does God know? There's no God. God is not in their life. Is that knowledge with the most high? Yeah, they, they are saying, God, is there God? There's no God. No one knows God. There's no God factor in anything. Behold, these are the wicked. Verse 12. And always at ease. They have increased in wealth. I tell you, Jesus said, it is more easy for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to go to hell. This is the preaching. I'm not like reading, then I'll preach. This is the message. So if you are not being blessed by this, then you you should just go home now. This is the message. (laughs) Yeah, it's a message. I'm reading Psalms to you. So I hope you are being blessed. I'm not like this, I'm reading. Then after I'll start preaching. This is everything. All right. Are you there? Always at ease. They have increased in wealth. Now look at the, a Christian's mistake. He says, surely in vain I have kept my heart pure. And washed my hands in innocence. For I have been stricken all day long. And chastened every morning. Uh, it's like it's been useless serving the Lord. But it's not true. It's not useless to serve God. When you look at somebody who is done bad and the person rather seems to be blessed and you who have served God, you who have chosen God, you know, sometimes you see people who have slept with thousand people. Let's say 200. You slept with about 200 men. When it's time for them to have a child, the child also comes easily somebody who has kept herself and then wants to have a child then that one becomes difficult so you see the wicked looking as though they are getting more and more wealthy and more and more blessed in terms of anything that is on this earth that you consider to be a blessing or wealth or sometimes you have a good christian who seems to be serving the lord and then the person will die or the person's husband will die. Or the person's wife will die. Or the person's child will die. And then those who are ne- a necklace of pride, they are getting fatter, more blessed apparently, and they seem to be going. So you ask God, why? Oh God, why? Are you alive? Are you there? But you see, that's why I'm reading to you this sound today. Because Jesus' life, all the things where Jesus was, was crucified between thieves and he suffered on the cross and all. they are all in the Psalms and things that he said they were in the Psalms he quoted from the Psalms often he explained well, on the road to emerge he said beginning from Moses he explained to them how Christ must come and must suffer so you must be able to read the Bible beginning from Moses 
Unfortunately, they divided into old and new. And whenever you say old, you say the old car and the new car. So we take the new car. So you may think that the old one is now outdated, outmoded, irrelevant, and not any more useful. But I tell you, my dear friend, it's not old. It's fresh because our Jesus explained, beginning from Moses. I want you to be able to preach the gospel beginning from Moses. Not beginning from Ephesians or beginning from Corinthians. But beginning from Moses. You show us how Christ must come and must suffer. Ah, it's not a simple task I have given you. If I give you Moses and I show you, explain salvation beginning from Moses. Moses is Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Use Deuteronomy to teach salvation. Use the book of Numbers and Exodus and Genesis and Leviticus to explain how Christ must come and suffer and die. Then it shows that you are really going higher in the Lord. How many realize that you are not there yet because even in the New Testament you cannot even explain salvation. How much more? Deuteronomy and Numbers. (laughs) Forgive. So, it says, surely in vain, it was useless to have kept myself. Surely in vain, it was useless to pay tithes. Surely in vain, it was useless to stay holy. Surely in vain, it was useless to come to church all these years. Surely in vain, it was useless to be a Christian. Surely in vain, it was useless to be a missionary. Surely in vain, it was useless to marry a Christian. Because look at the troubles I have in my Christian marriage. If even I had married an unbeliever, maybe it would have even been better. Because I can see some unbelievers who seem to be doing well. So you say, surely in vain, surely in vain, I looked for a Christian man to marry. Surely in vain, I waited for a Christian man. I should have married Dirty Daniel. I should have married Slippery Sam. When Slippery Sam came to propose to me. Huh? I should have married Wicked William. I should have married Wicked William. Killer Kweku, I should have married him. Surely in vain I have kept my heart pure. Oh, how many can understand what the, the psalmist is saying? Say, oh, it's been in vain. And maybe you don't pass your exam and the wicked man is passing his exams. Those, those who saw Apollo and those who cheated at the exams. They, they are going higher and they are becoming, I mean, they are getting first classes and others. And you have served God all through the years. And he says, surely, surely in vain, in vain have I kept my heart pure. Oh, oh, the psalmist was so sad. He was saying, oh God, oh God, oh God. But that's not the end of the story. We've got to keep reading. Then, he says, for I've been stricken all day long. I've been persecuted. I've been chastened every morning. Verse 15. If I had said, I will speak thus. Behold, I would have betrayed the generation of your children. When I pondered to understand this, it was troublesome in, in my sight. Now notice, he said, if I had said, I will speak thus. Or if I had said all these things that were in my mind and my heart, I would have betrayed the generation of children. You know something, my friend? Sometimes there are things we ought to do just because of the children. You know, there are many things we should do because of the children. We should have a church just because of the children. 
Sometimes you don't feel like coming to church, but sometimes you should come to church just because of your children. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Just because of the children. Sometimes you don't feel like going out of your house on Saturday, but on Saturday, go out just because the children have to go to uh, rehearsal. You take them to rehearsal just because of the children. Sometimes you feel like divorcing, but look at the children and say, no, just because of these children, I will stay with this wizard. I will live with the wizard till I die. I will stay with the witch till I, I die, uh, she dies or I die. I'll stay in it just because of the children. I will not leave. Yes. But if I had done this, I would have betrayed the generation of children. Are you understanding my message? If I had said what I was feeling, if I had gone the way I was thinking, I would have betrayed. If maybe you God wanted you to be a missionary, you don't do it. God wants to evangelize, you don't do it. You betray all the children who are waiting to hear you. They were waiting for you to come, but you never came. They were crying in the prison, waiting, but you never came. They heard about you, and they waited, and they hoped, and they thought, and they, 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 they prayed. They said, Lord, maybe it's today, but you never came. You were doing something else. You betrayed all the children that were waiting, and that were depending on you. If I had said this, behold, I would have betrayed the generation of your children. The 16. But when I pondered to understand this, it was troublesome in my sight. Look at me, everybody. How many realize sometimes when you think of these things, it's troublesome? You know, after I preached on Sunday, I'm at Keith Green. I realized that it, it, it was disturbing me as I was meditating on it. You know, so that when you think about it, you, you realize a good person. What, is, what has he done? And so on. And all kinds of issues. And you, you, it becomes troubling. You begin to be troubled. In, in, in your sight, in your own heart. And you begin to be disturbed. But the disturbance ends at a point. And in verse 17, he says, I was troubled until I came into the sanctuary of God. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, I have good news for you. All your questions will be answered in the house of God. All your confusions will be answered in the house of God. All the questions of things, why, 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 will be answered in the house of God. And how many have noticed that sometimes when you are in church, you feel good. You came with problems, you came with issues, but somehow, in the house of God, it looks as though you are Superman, you are Batman, you are Spider-Man, you are, I mean, you are in charge. Wow. He said, I was troubled until I came. Until I came. Until I came. That's why when you have trouble, don't stay at home. I said, when you have trouble, don't stay at home. When there's crisis in the house, don't stay at home. Come to church. Because you're troubled. You'll be troubled until you come into the sanctuary of the Lord. How many are excited about Psalm 73? Wow. Now, then I perceived, when I came into the sanctuary of God, then I perceived their end. I realized, I, I saw further. You see, ladies and gentlemen, when you come into the house of God, you now begin to see a little further. At first, you couldn't see the end of everything. Because when you are in town, you just look at your life and compare your life with somebody and say, ah, but it would have been better for me to follow the world. But when you come into the house of God, God opens your eyes, then you begin to see further. You begin to see the whole picture. You begin to see far. 
You see the end. Most people don't see the end. They see only tomorrow. They see only for five years. If you, God seems to take away something from your life, almost everything that God takes away from your life, from your life, eh, is actually a blessing. So you make sure you convert it into a blessing. For instance, God has taken away from Africa riches and dignity and respect. Even in the World Cup, you can feel it. We are despised. Even the commentator, you see, I was watching two channels with two different commentators. So I turned to this one, I turned to this one. The guy who was doing the commentary on Metro TV, that guy, he even knows Talal Fatal. And he was saying, all of you down there in Ghana, Talal Fatal and all those guys, I'm sure you are enjoying the game. He knows Ghanaians and he was saying things positively. But the other commentator, some British guy, oh, you see, so, oh, you see, that's the problem with African football. Once again, that's a problem with African football. All oh, these Africans, and they start to talk like that. Then you can see the despisement. Mercy. But when I came into the sanctuary, I saw that, you see, eh, at the end of it, those of us who have been humbled and are being given a chance to know God, at the end of it, we will be high up there. And those who are wearing the necklace of pride, Bible says, how are the mighty fallen? How are the mighty fallen? He said, are thou also become like one of us? If the Bible is true, most of the white people in Europe are going to hell today. If the Bible is true, most white people, British prime ministers, kings, queens, if you take, for instance, Prince Charles, I can't talk about his salvation or anything, but they are not Christians. They don't believe in Christ. They believe in other religions and everything. All that. If the Bible is true, most of these Europeans with the very good soccer players and the billionaires and whatever, they don't believe in God. And they are full of pride. You see, one time I went to, I went to an, an, an embassy, a, a foreign embassy. To, to sort out certain things that have to do with certain issues that have come up at a certain place. Now, when I was, when we, I was dealing with the issues, the white person who was there talking about the things said, you know what, this type of whatever, talking about us and talking about our papers and our documents, that's the kind of talking. See, when I talk of the necklace of pride, which have a kind of downward looking on us, we are, it's like we are rubbish people. You know, we are all thieves and liars and everybody in the society is whatever. Then you begin to know that, look, for Christ to have made us to be here and to be nothing and to be humble, for, that we like God and we are gathered on Tuesday evening to lift up a hand. He said, it's only when you come to the sanctuary that you see far. Oh, yes. Any day. One day I met a white man from uh, Europe. In fact, he was half Ghanaian and half Swiss. You know, but he had lived abroad. And as he began to talk about God, I said, I said to him, you are a pagan. And I said, you are speaking what you are saying, standard European talk. He got very angry. I said, this is how Europeans talk. You are, you are now pagans. You are now godless pagans. You have 
thoughts and ideas about God. It's a standard way of talking and thinking of all Europeans. Yeah. I'm telling you. God has been removed from their thinking. And they seem to be getting richer and richer. And we are getting poorer. They have film stars coming together, help Africa. Tony Blair and others who say they are going to help Africa. And things don't seem to be getting better. You understand? And as they look down on us more and more and more and more. But still, I say when you come to the house of God and you see the end of the whole thing. eh, You will see that eh, it's God's grace that you were even humbled to, to be here. One day I was, uh, I think it was my wife who was watching TBN. And some white American Christians were talking. And they were giving a testimony. Listen to their testimony. He said, we want to give a testimony. We want to thank God. I said, for what? We are grateful to God. The testimony is that we are grateful to God that we were not born in Africa and we didn't grow up in Africa. (laughs) You see, and you see, without thinking... They see it as a curse to be from here or to be related to here. That's why I thank God when I was born. Within three months, my father brought me to Ghana and I've been here all my life. Within three months, I didn't stay there for even three months. It was a powerful move. Like by now, I'll be looking down on people. And, and I will say that I'm, I'm, not, I'm not from Africa. And I will dissociate from anything that is Ghanaian or Africa. I have cousins like that. But when you come to the sanctuary, you see further. And you see that uh, it's God's grace. I met a pastor from Zimbabwe one day. A pastor of a big church. And I told him he was into, you know, he has read some of my books about success and other things. And he was into, you know, God is working certain things out, you know, such a principle, steps, whatever, to change Africa. And I told him, the poverty of Africa is God's blessing to us. He said, what? He said, I can't believe you will say something like that. I said, oh, I'm saying it. I'm saying it. You see, I'm telling you, grow up in your mind quickly. You see, Paul was able to say, because his tribulation that he said that, for I, I sought the Lord three times. I saw the Lord and he didn't change it. So, I believe. Yes, I believe it. Anything you've prayed about three times that hasn't changed, God sent it to you. I say anything you have prayed for three times, it hasn't changed. Take it that God said, Jesus prayed in the garden three times for this cup. He said, let this cup pass from me. Three times he didn't change. Then he said, it is from the father that is why when he was on the cross he didn't call for angels to come and save him because he had prayed three times thrice i sought the lord and the lord said to me my strength is made perfect in weakness he said therefore therefore i will take pleasure in infirmities in reproaches in distresses in persecutions for christ's sake for when i am weak then I am strong. Reproach? What is it that is a reproach in your life that you've prayed for three times? Let me ask you a question. What is in your life that is a reproach that you have prayed about three times? Just three times. Be mature like Paul and tell yourselves, brother, 
Sister, three times I have prayed about this case. And the case has not been changed. He said, I take pleasure. And not that I am accommodating it, but I am now making parties over my reproaches. And my distresses. But NLI, you cannot see unless you come to the sanctuary. When you come into the sanctuary, you see the end of all things. Listen. Listen to something. Listen to a joke. I went for a party one day. Somebody cracked this joke. But I'm, I'm, I want you to listen to the joke. After the joke, I'll t- t- change the joke. Somebody said that one day, three presidents went to hell. President Bush went to hell. President uh, Tony Blair went to hell. And then the Ghana president, or the guy was the Nigeria president, or Ghana president, or also went to hell. So all the three were in hell, and they wanted to contact home. So President Bush asked if he can make a call. So when he asked, can I make a call, he said, yes, how much is it? They said, oh, it's just $5. So he rang home, and he spoke to them. He told them everything was okay. He was in hell now. Everything was fine. Then President Blair, Tony Blair said he also wants to call home. So he said, how much is a call? No, no, no. Sorry, I made a mistake. I'm turning the joke. Together. President Bush wanted to make a call. He, they said, how much is it? He says, $5,000 for you. $5,000 to make it. He said, yes. From here, hell to America is 5000 So he paid and then he made his call. Then President Tony Blair also asked that he wanted to call his wife. So when he asked, he said, how much? I said, 5,000 pounds. So he also paid and he made his call. Then they asked that either Ghanaian president or Nigerian president. I think they said it was at that time President Rollins or one of these guys. President Obasanjo, okay. Had gone, he was also in hell. So President Obasanjo also asked, he was the president of Nigeria, can I call my house? And he said, they said, yes, you can call. Everybody is able to call from here. So he said, how much is it? He said, oh, $5. And he said, ah, $5. This guy paid 5000 and this man paid 5000 pounds. But for me to call Nigeria, it's just $5. They said, oh, yes, because it's a local call. local call that means that from hell to nigeria is not far <laughs> or from hell to ghana is not far but from america to hell is very far hey listen to somebody's joke it's a local call that is why to call from hell to ghana is very just five dollars but from Nigeria and from America for President Bush to call his wife and speak to his daughters is $5,000. But I want you to know that it's the other way around. Actually, from hell to Nigeria is very far. It's a very long distance call. That one is the $5,000. From Britain to hell is just five or even one dollar. 
Because it's a, it's a, even it's free, it's now free because it's in the same area. <laughs> it's an internal call. And for Tony Blair to call, it's also free because it's very close. Bible says, how hardly shall a rich man go to heaven? Very difficult. Unless the Bible is not true. But all that I'm saying is based on if the Bible is true. People are being saved. We are being humbled by our circumstances. And that's why our churches are filled to capacity. All the time. If we organize 30 days prayer and fasting, the church will be full every day. And you organize it in England, Denmark, Switzerland, Germany, all the countries which are winning the World Cup, Sweden, Holland, Belgium, nobody will come. They will just say something. But when you come to the sanctuary, you see far, you see the end of the thing. All right, all right, all right. Now, where are we? 17. Verse 18. Surely you set them in slippery places. You cast them down to destruction. How they are destroyed in a moment. Mercy. They are utterly swept away by sudden terrors. Like a dream when one awakes, O Lord. When aroused, you will despise their form. Suddenly, it will happen. And many of those who have despised God will find themselves destroyed. The next one, verse 21. When my heart was embittered and I was pierced within, then I was senseless and ignorant. I was like a beast before you. Listen, everybody, look at me. When your heart is bitter, you become senseless. All bitterness must go out of your heart about the issues of this life. Charlie, leave the issue. Leave the case. Don't struggle. He says, when I was embittered, I was pierced within. I was senseless and ignorant. And I was like a beast before you. A bitter person becomes like an animal. Don't be bitter. Like an animal which has to eat and has seen food and can think of nothing else. You are running around. Senseless. You are ignorant when you are bitter. Don't be unforgiving. The person you are not forgiving, or even God who you are not forgiving, it shows that you are ignorant. God has been good to you. And God will take care of you. And God will bless you. Even if it looks as though others are being more blessed than you, don't become bitter. When you become bitter, you know, you become senseless and ignorant. And you become like an animal. Oh, try not to beat an animal. The Bible says the Jews crucified Jesus Christ because of jealousy and envy. They were bitter of the rebukes Jesus had rebuked them. He had called them whitewashed tombs. He had called them hypocrites. He had called them you brood of vipers and snakes. Snakes in the church. He had beaten them in the church. He had sacked the money's uh, laundress. He had sacked all the people in the church who were doing bad things. They were full of envy. And Bible says, Pilate, even the unbeliever, he saw that because of envy, they had delivered Jesus up. Don't be bitter. Otherwise, you become like an animal. And the Jews that day, they crucify 
the Lord of Lords. And they took God in their hands. And they beat him collectively. They destroyed him. They taunted him. They mocked at God. Hey, could God ever allow himself to look weak like that? No one ever thought that God could take up such a form. What a mistake it was. And they rushed on him like animals. When you are bitter, you rush on people like animals. You hate people. You fight people. You delete people. There's no sense in your behavior anymore. All that, that moves you is mindless hatred and mindless wickedness as you move to try to eliminate the one that you perceive is the cause of your problems. What bitterness can make you into an animal today? May God save you. May he save me. May he save us from the bitterness of this life. In Jesus' name. Wow. How many are being blessed by Psalm 73? Even if you are not blessed, I'm still preaching Psalm 73. He says, nevertheless, verse 23, I'm continually with you. You've taken hold of my right hand. With your counsel, you will guide me. And afterwards, receive me to glory. How many are ready to be received? In glory. Huh? He says he will take hold of your right hand and he will counsel you and guide you. May God counsel you in this life and may he guide you in this life through every difficult situation and at the end of the day, may he receive you into glory. Hallelujah. How many are looking forward to going into glory? To going to glory. We used to sing this song, this world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. I laid out somewhere beyond the blue. Angels beckon me from heaven's open doors. And I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Whom have I in heaven but you, O God? Verse 25. Who do I have in heaven but you? And besides you, O God, I desire nothing on earth. I just want God. Fix your heart on God, my brother, my sister. Fix your soul and your heart on God. Besides you, I don't want anything. I don't want more shoes. I don't want more clothes. I don't want more dresses. I just want God. How many want God? More of God. More of you. All I want is more of you. Nothing. Yeah, Lord, but more of you more of you all that i desire is you oh god amen how many are excited about this sound my flesh and my heart may fail but god is the strength of my heart and my portion forever are you glad that god is the strength of your life the lord is the strength of my life whom shall i fear the lord is the strength of my soul my light and my salvation of whom shall i be afraid when the wicked, even my enemies and my foes, came up against me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and they fell. Your enemies will stumble. Your enemies will fall. Your enemies will not prevail. In the name of Jesus. For behold, those who are far from you will perish. Hey, don't be far from God from today. Tell your neighbor, don't be far from God. Stay close to God. Stay close to God, my friend. All right, you have destroyed all those who are unfaithful to you. 
But notice verse 28. 28 is the, my favorite verse in this whole psalm. It says, but as for me, the nearness of God is my good. Nearness of God. I have made the Lord God my refuge that I may tell of all your works. But he says, but as for me, nearness of God, nearness of God, nearness of God. May God be near to you, my friend. May you always feel his presence in every possible way. May you feel his presence upon you. The Bible says, and the spirit of the Lord came upon Saul and he was turned into another man. May you feel the spirit upon you and his presence somehow upon you. May you feel his presence within you. Jesus said, for he is with you, but he shall be in you. I said, he shall be in you. And when you feel him in you, you are going to be victorious in this life. Bible said, little children, you have overcome them. For greater is he that is in there than he that is out there. I see you overcoming tomorrow. And I see you overcoming on Wednesday. And I see you overcoming on Friday. And I see you overcoming next year. Because greater is he. The nearness of God to me is my good. How near God is to me is all that I am looking for. The nearness of God. I want to be near God. He said, Lord, I shall be with you. Moses said, if you don't go with me, I won't go. The nearness of God. May God be with you. May he be in you. May he be upon you. Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. I shall feel the spirit of the Lord upon your life. As the spirit of the Lord is upon your life, God's power is upon your life. You become a preacher. You become a teacher. You go around doing good. You go around blessing people. Your life becomes a blessing because of the nearness of God upon your life. May you feel his presence every day. May the nearness of God be so special. May you feel something when he's there. May the day of no feelings end in your life where you can't feel anything. But may you now begin to have feelings and can feel, oh God, the nearness. I, I feel you are near to me, Lord. I, I sense you are near. I, 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 I feel that you are upon my life. I, I feel you are with me in the room, Lord. I feel you within me, Lord. I can't fail because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. May God's blessing and may his nearness and may his presence follow you and be with you and encourage you in the name of Jesus. Stand to your feet and give God the glory and give him the thanks. Oh, hallelujah. The nearness of God, the nearness of God. Lift your hand and call on God and say, Lord, let your nearness, the nearness of God be my special goodness that I will experience in this life. I love you, Jesus. I praise you, Lord. Let me feel you near. Let me experience you near, 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 near. Nearer my God to thee. Nearer my God to thee. Thank you, Lord. The Not the nearness of a shopping center or the nearness of Europe or the nearness of America, but the nearness of God. Father, thank you for your blessing. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your kindness. Oh, we love you. We praise you. We thank you. We give you the glory. We give you thanks. We give you praise forevermore. Thank him now. God is going to be near you this evening when you go home. In your room when you close your eyes. God will be there. When you kneel down by your bed, God will be there. In your, in your bathroom, kneel down and say, God, the nearness of you to me is the good thing that I have in this world. I have only you, oh God. 
I love being near to you, O oh God. I love being close to you. Thank you for your blessing. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you. All I want is to be near you, Lord. I don't want to be far from you, Lord. On this earth and in heaven, all I have is you, O oh God. I thank you, my Father. Thank you, Jesus. I thank you, my God. Thank you, Jesus. As every head is bowed and every eye closed, if you are here, you are not born again. You want to say, Pastor, please pray for me, pray with me. I want to give my life to Jesus Christ. Please, Pastor, help me to know God. If you are here and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, I want to pray with you. If you're here like that, just lift up your right hand and I'm going to pray with you. God bless you. Lift it up high, high, high to the sky. Thank you. I see your hand. Lift it up high. Thank you. I want to give my life to God. Thank you. I see your hand. Lift it up high. Jesus, come into my life today. If you've lifted your hand, I want you to come to me. Come from the back. Come from wherever you are. Come all the way. Oh, hallelujah. Lift your hands, everybody. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for a great blessing. What a blessing it is to know you. Hallelujah. For you to be near us. Yes. We love you. Thank you for our defeat in the World Cup. Three nil against us, Lord. Even if it was ten nil, we would have still said thank you. Thank you for blessing us to be in Africa. To be humbled, Lord. Thank you for all the things that have humbled us in this life. Things that originally we thought they were curses. We thought they were reproaches. But now we can see that it's actually your hand and your goodness and your blessing that has come to us. We love you. We praise you. We thank you. In Jesus' name. God bless you for listening to this message. Visit www.daghewardmills.org today for more audio and video messages, information on upcoming events, and so much more. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to receive new messages every single day. And remember, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind.